Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into, you know, quite an important discussion um, just around um, energy in South Africa, the energy market, and uh, an apparent liberalization um, of that market, given um, some of the remarks made by uh, President Soroma Posa earlier in the week. And to help us to unpack, you know, some of these issues, we we are joined by, you know, quite an expert. We are joined by uh, Professor Samson uh, Mampueli, who is uh, the director for the Center for Renewable and Sustainable Energy Studies um, over at uh, Stellenbosch University. And he's going to be helping us uh, to make sense um, of some of the things that were said and also at the same time trying to decipher, um, you know, the talk versus what actually needs to be done on the ground. Many other plans in South Africa, but ex- Execution um, is the key. Prof, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're doing all right on this end, Prof. Just trying to make sense of, uh, you know, um, everything that's going on. And I think maybe uh, before we get into the, the nitty gritties, the meat and potatoes of what uh, the president said earlier in the week, uh, Center for Renewable and Sustainable Energy Studies at Stellenbosch, what are you guys involved in? What are you guys doing there? So at the center, we are involved in renewable energy research. Uh, we also conduct uh, research on uh, sustainable energy systems. Uh, we are also involved in the training of um, of, of, of people, both the students and the people at industry level, uh, the interns as well. Um, so when it comes to research, we influence research focus areas and we unlock research funding opportunities. Uh, we work with uh, within the National System of Innovation we coordinate research at um, at uh, Stellenbosch University uh, at national level and international level as well. Now, it sounds like you guys are doing, you know, quite a bit of work there. Curious to maybe understand um, if you guys would have been consulted in any way, um, you know, when it came to the plan that uh, the president announced on Monday. Yes, we were duly consulted and uh, we also made a submission to the, directly to the presidency. Um, our, our submission was taken into consideration when the, the president came up with the plan. Uh, we are also in the process now of uh, coordinating activities for, for one of the working groups that has been established uh, to ensure that the president's plan gets operationalized. Uh, so we're looking at uh, the, the technical side of things, things, things such as the battery storage, the impact of the battery storage on the network and all those kind of things. So what the president announced is, is a, the broader plan and we're going deep to establish whether some, how or whether some of the interventions can be implemented uh, seamlessly. So I'm leading a, 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 a team that's coordinating a, a team of experts that are working on on various aspects that uh, the president announced. 
So it, it it certainly looks like, you know, we have the right person, you know, to be having this discussion with just given the fact that um, you guys did have um, some input into, you know, what has been announced uh, on Monday. So just taking it back to that, on Monday we had um, a different type of family meeting than uh, people had become accustomed to. This was not um, a COVID-related family meeting, but rather one in response to um, the next biggest crisis, which is load shedding, and uh, that has really been eating us for the last, uh, I'm going to call it two months, um, you know, quite hard, um, you know, seeing such sustained levels, um, you know, of uh, load shedding has been, you know, quite a tough um, situation to be in. So the first thing maybe we can get out of the way is the president's remarks, uh, the plan that government has put into place around energy, is this um, a liberalization of the energy market per se? Yeah, I would say it is um, because when you look at the, the various interventions, um, we, we are going to have um, a number of role players. So so initially we, we used to have ESCOM as this vertically integrated um, uh, uh, utility company in South Africa um, being the main or, or the only player in the in the space and and through the integrated resource plan and, and the implementation of the the, the REAP program uh, we then started to have a number of other role players coming on board with the problem of load shedding, that is a problem that, that, that has got more than 14 years with us now. Uh, there's never been a, a, a properly coordinated, uh, uh, well-integrated plan that, that, that goes down to power station level in terms of trying to establish what the actual problems are and, and, and then involving a number of stakeholders as wide as the president has done so far. Um, so if you look at the plan itself, um, it, it widens the net uh, in terms of where the, 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 the electricity will be coming from in the near future. Uh, we're looking at things such as small-scale embedded generation where households can have uh, um, solar PV and feed into the grid. We are still looking at and the, 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 what would be the best tariffs, for instance, uh, to ensure that it doesn't lead to uh, the death spiral of ESCOM and municipalities that, that rely a lot more on, on this um, uh, uh, um, revenue. Um, and you look at uh, the, 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 the opening up of the space in terms of um, uh, doing away with the cap in uh, on that that in terms of the requirements for generation license and and um, from 100 megawatts that the president announced previously to you can you can now generate as much as you can um, you know so so that talks to the liberalization of the of the of the market as well and and the fact that ESCOM will be buying a lot more electricity from private generators. Uh, as opposed to in the past where the, the generation was mainly um, uh, the ESCOM the issue. So there is a lot of liberalization. Um, in the near future, we, we expect to see um, a lot more uh, uh, role, new role players coming on board. We expect to see 
uh, a lot more of what we would call uh, islands or, or mini grids where some people would produce their electricity for their for, for particular industries such as in the mining sector where if you have the resource nearby you can produce the electricity and then just supply that particular mine uh, without necessarily going through the grid but escom has also uh, streamlined the process for for, for wheeling through through their grid uh, which talks also to the the, the president's um, uh, announcement that happened a few days ago there's a, there's a lot being said there um you know prof and at least you know you've given us some insight into how and why this is you know liberalization and uh, and I think the key thing is the fact that uh, there's so many different players that will be feeding into um power generation in South Africa and uh, I like the islands uh, you know the, the 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 term of the islands that you're talking about to say that we'll be having you know multiple of uh, you know these uh, smaller grids that will be feeding into uh, the energy plan uh, that we have. So one of the key questions and probably the most obvious and probably the one that most South Africans would want to know is to say, okay, fine, um, we've now outlined this plan. We've now uh, said we're going to reduce um, a lot of the red tape uh, that was previously in place when it came to um, integrating some of the independent guys onto the national grid. Um, we are now going to invite a lot more people to um, uh, be supplying you know, more localized type of energy any excess can uh, be bought and come onto the grid, um, etc. Execution um, is likely going to take time. This is not like a, a quick fix. Um, so with that in mind then, um, how do, rather when uh, or how soon, how quickly, how fast can we start seeing some of these things actually, um, you know, coming online? Um, I'm thinking about some of the mining companies uh, that might have been having, you know, small uh, power units for their own operations. Can those immediately now start, um, you know, supplying surrounding areas or are there still, you know, one or two hurdles that um, we still need to jump through before uh, people can start realizing you know this big plan so so the the issue there is contracting um so we've got a number of um, um players that have got some generation capacity that they can feed into the grid um we have the mining sector for instance that you talked about they have some generation capacity that they can feed into the grid especially during the time that um, they, they, they have minimum operations. We have some um, uh, uh, IPPs in the, in the wind and, and solar PV space uh, that are already uh, feeding electricity into the grid, but um, they are feeding what they've been contracted to do, to feed. So, and and the, the, the contracts don't allow them to feed more than what they, they are contracted to do. So we will see uh, some of those coming, uh, starting to, to, to feed into, to feed more into the grid uh, in the next two to three months. Um, however, I must caution that um, uh, what the generation capacity that is available now, that we can say it's, it's there now, um, it's, it's not going to solve all our, our energy problems immediately. Uh, we've got some projects already that were built 
three megawatts here and there, and this kind of uh, small meg uh, megawatt scale that are that are available. So, in 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 short, um, we will have some generation capacity coming on board in the next two to three months, depending on how long government takes to to amend some of the contracts and also to 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 contract some of these uh, uh, companies that have got some generation capacity. However, the way I see the the president's plan, and this is this has been part of our submission, was that the plan is divided into uh, uh, short-term, mid-term, and long-term solutions. And and part of the short-term solutions include buying uh, 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 what's available now from from IPPs. Um, it also includes um, in the in the medium term. Uh, bringing in things such as battery storage, and we're busy running models to look at what would be the impact of battery storage, for instance, on the grid. How much battery capacity can we bring into the grid as it stands? Because uh, grid, the grid also has some constraints. Once you bring in things such as battery storage, um, you need to to conduct studies to look at what would be the impacts uh, on 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 other services such as your grid inertia, grid stability, uh, and things like that, and and whether there is a need to bring additional measures uh, to deal with uh, some of the problems or some of the challenges that will that will come with uh, implementation of such uh, measures. The other aspect that the president did not deal um, uh, dig deep into is the issue of uh, um, um, energy efficiency and demand side management, which can also ease the pressure on the grid. Uh, ESCOM has got that program that uh, uh, companies, industry can tap into and, 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 um, and, and reduce their, their electricity consumption through implementing energy efficiency measures. So if if most companies start to take up that, then it's going to ease the pressure on the grid, um, and and then that's something that we can look at as a short term kind of a measure. Uh, in terms of um, buying electricity, for instance, through the Southern African Power Pool, um, the Botswana uh, a, a government making uh, um, some power available uh, for purchase. Uh, we just need to be cautious about some of those kind of things because, for instance, if um, the government of Botswana or, or the, the utility company of Botswana wants to give us electricity uh, on weekends, um, it, that, that may not solve our problems because uh, we hardly have um, problems during the weekends because our demand is, is normally very low during the weekend, except for uh, this winter where we had some 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 extraordinary days uh, due to a number of factors, including the strike that uh, or the industrial action that we had at ESCOM. So, so we need to to be careful and and run and 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 depend mainly on engineering and and research uh, that will then inform us in terms of what energy do we need and and at what time. The same applies to small scale embedded generation. We don't want a situation where everybody is just feeding electricity that they they, they produce at home uh, we we need to understand when should they feed and and what type of feed in tariffs uh, that we develop we're looking now at the at, at, at the time of use tariff 
to say if you have batteries, you can store your, your electricity in batteries during the day. And late, when, when the system starts to be constrained, then you can feed into the grid. And there's quite a whole lot of other nitty-gritties that we need to work around that uh, the, the feeding tariffs themselves. Prof, one of the things that does come out, um, you've highlighted, uh, you know, quite a number of, um, you know, areas um, that, uh, you know... It, quite a number of areas uh, that are going to be coming online, you know, what actually needs to happen, you know, how soon uh, some of these things are actually going to be happening. We're looking, um, you know, in a, in a, I'm going to call it in a best case scenario, some of these um, energy, uh, some of these energy options coming onto the grid in the next, you said, two to three months, and then other projects like that, you know, over time and contracting. Uh, that's one of the big things that you are highlighting just now. But I, one of the things I was then curious to understand is, um, you know, on a practical level, um, what does it, uh, what does the national grid look like going forward as far as you can see? because load shedding and all of this stuff and um, you know all of these IPP things um, have caused quite an interesting uh, some interesting dynamics to occur uh, for example load shedding has led many consumers um, at least those that can afford to uh, to start installing some of these backup and alternative power um, generation systems at their houses um, etc a lot of a lot of businesses investing in similar capacity capacity on their end so going forward do you know do we see the the rise of i guess smaller uh, power utilities like smaller uh, little escoms to supply uh, maybe you know small areas town cities um, or you know do you know as a neighbor you know in a in a what you call this uh, you know on the street uh, am i the solar person and then next door someone is maybe the generator person and then we're sharing resources in that way or does everyone end up just looking out for themselves and having their own um you know alternative uh you know power you know uh, systems of some sort yeah so so it goes it boils down to to what i said initially in terms of um the distributed um uh, energy systems um that we we will have in the near future um so we will we, we envisage that we will have IPPs, especially um, supplying electricity to uh, to, to big industry consumers, uh, doing it either through the ESCOM grid or directly, um, you know, without going through the ESCOM grid. And and if they don't, they do it directly without the ESCOM grid. That's what we then call the distributed channel, uh, uh, distributed electricity system. So we, we expect that we will have some level of distributed electricity generation systems. Um, we, we still expect, though, that um, the bulk of the electricity will still be flowing through the ESCOM transmission lines. Um, the, the grid, as, as things stand, it needs strengthening, um, especially in areas where there are, there are large IPPs, like in the Northern Cape and the Eastern Cape, uh, the grid is, is already uh, constrained in terms of capacity. ESCOM needs about 108 billion rands uh, to construct uh, a, a, a new power lines and to strengthen the grid. Um, so 
one of the things that we're looking at from our, our working group level is to, to look at the grid capacity for IPPs. And we're looking at areas that are even outside of the renewable energy development zone to say, in the near future, we'll start to see projects that are being developed in those zones, such as um, uh, Yolimpopo and other places where you, you don't necessarily have a lot more sun hours as well, opposed to the Northern Cape, for instance. But it will still, it will then make financial sense to put up solar PV in, in those particular areas. So we're looking at, um, we've conducted some study looking at the grid and uh, looking at how can we locate renewable energy for grid support. Uh, basically, we're looking at whether we can uh, look at a system that incentivizes people who will produce uh, renewable energy from areas where you don't have the most resource, but where you got the resource at the time that the grid is constrained. Basically, at the time that we need electricity, in that area they have the minimum resources to, to produce electricity. How do you then incentivize such kind of projects so that they become financially viable and financially competitive and they can compete with a project that is in a, in a well-resourced uh, kind of area when it comes to, 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 to the REAP program, for instance, and other programs that uh, the president has, uh, has announced. So we're looking at all that and we'll be, we'll be producing a, a, a report for, for, for national government to consider in, in, in along those lines. One of the things that um, then happens when you're looking at, uh, uh, well, how can I put this? When you're looking at a plan like this and the distributed um, models that you are talking about, um, is that um, you start ringing in words like competition. I, I heard you saying that just now. And because we are business, uh, because we are business day, um, we do uh, we do want to understand the business side of things. Has there been any type of research um, around uh, the type of um, economies or the type of financial opportunity that's that this type of liberalization is going to is going to create because um it's almost certain um that um the the whatever uh, whoever comes on especially if there's uh, alternative uh, power purchase agreements um and the like that there will be money being made uh by you know some of these alternative producers has there been do you have any idea just around what any of that looks like yeah at this point in time we don't we don't have an an idea of um the the economic uh, uh, value of um of the plan um that's why there's there's a number of working groups that are working on different on various aspects of the plan but we we know that um <clears throat> the plan itself uh will bring a lot of economic opportunities um so we will see a lot more um companies uh, emerging or playing in the space of um energy uh, production and, and, and sales. Uh, we'll see uh, a lot more. I've, I've just been contacted by the Chinese, for instance, this morning, um, and they were talking about the, the president's uh, plans, uh, the, the, the announcement, and they were asking me, for instance, uh, how do you see 
this playing out in terms of technology. Um, you know, they, they were talk, they were thinking about importing some of the technologies into the country, such as your solar PV and all that. And I advised them to say, the best for us would be for you to bring your, 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 your machines here and do assembly and have assembly plants in the country. And uh, then you can take advantage of, um, of the sector uh, that's growing while creating jobs within South Africa. Um, so, so those are some of the things. The, the plan is already uh, attracting international interests in terms of investments. Uh, I've spoken to the Germans, for instance, who, who are interested in the, in, the, in the big IPP market to say, what does this plan mean for us if we want to come and invest in the country, in the, in the IPP space? Um, so there will be a lot of investment that will be coming from the international side, but also I've been speaking to uh, people within the country who some of whom were, were, were looking at uh, investment opportunities, business people who are looking at investment opportunities, uh, young people who are looking at what does this mean for us in terms of businesses. I've, had, I've addressed a, 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 a gathering of students uh, from Stellenbosch University, um, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday or so, uh, where some of these uh, uh, questions started coming to say, how do we play a role on the business side of things as students? And I've been advising them to say, these are some of the opportunities that you can take in terms of playing roles in the in the sector. As it grows, you can you can be consultants. Um, for instance, with with households that want to put up solar PV. That, that don't know. Students can 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 register companies that will then be able to advise those households. This is what you can do, and some of them who've got technical skills can start to capacitate themselves towards uh, um, uh, being technicians uh, and technologists who can actually install some of this, especially on the small scale side of things. So so the 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 the, the, the kind of unbundling of the sector or the opening up of the sector is going to bring a whole lot of opportunities for, for both South Africans and also it will attract a foreign direct investment from the international community from what we see. All that needs to be quantified. We haven't quantified it. Um, in our working group, we are also looking at quantification of the costs and, and benefits of implementing some of these things. Um, so, so we're looking at the cost of load shedding, for instance, from the time it started to now. Uh, we're developing models to look at that. And then we're looking at what would the cost of implementing some of these uh, interventions. Um, and then we'll look at what would be the benefit going forward. And that all that information will come out uh, in the next uh, three to four months. It will be interesting to see how all of that uh, actually then, you know, comes out, um, you know, over the next coming months, particularly the opportunity uh, that uh, all of this is going to create. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that you did outline all of these different areas um, in which people can, you know, get involved because um, there will be, you know, uh, economic opportunities that will, you know, definitely come out of uh, something like this, as with any 
market liberalization. So it's, um, I think one of the important discussions is how do we create a framework, um, you know, where things do become equitable in some way and you do have uh, more people participating and particularly taking care of uh, some of the national agenda items, uh, poverty, inequality, um, education uh, and unemployment, you know, that type of thing. Um, so, Prof, uh, as we let you go, maybe briefly, um, we've spoken quite at length. You've given us a lot of detail, um, you know, a comprehensive type of explanation around everything that's happening. Um, you're deciphering what's happening with what the president has said, um, give, highlighting some of the ins and outs of the plan. Execution-wise, how hopeful are you that this plan will yield the results uh, that it's meant to firstly uh, by uh, reducing load shedding and then secondly by creating some type of a sustainable um, energy um, system in South Africa that reduces uh, some of the breakdowns that have become endemic in the country. So this is um, the first time that um, we've had this kind of an intervention um, where the problem was properly diagnosed in my view and a plan that is properly uh, integrated was developed um, with the, the involvement of basically uh, everybody or most of the people who should be involved who are in the sector. Um, there, is, there are working groups as we speak uh, that are working on various aspects of the plan to ensure that the plan becomes uh, operationalized. It doesn't become one of those uh, that we, we always have uh, without implementing. Um, the plan has got short-term solutions that I think uh, some of them on the softer side of things uh, are already working. Uh, things such as um, looking at uh, aspects around sabotage, uh, where the, the police are already uh, in, in, in power stations and arresting people who are busy with uh, things such as sabotage. That, by the way, were, were never properly diagnosed and, and dealt with. So, so already the plan is, is operational. The, the Minister of Environmental Affairs has already started with the consulting uh, the, the sector in terms of the regulations that the government is proposing um, to ensure that they, they shorten some of the time that it takes to, to get environmental authorization from um, 18 months to 60 days, they say. Um, you know, so, so already that the ball is rolling. Um, it, so I can confidently say that some of these things are already happening. The unbundling of uh, ESCOM into, into three uh, business um, uh, sectors, the generation, transmission, and as well as distribution. It's a process that has started a long time ago. They are almost there in terms of getting transmission um, out of ESCOM so that they can then introduce that competition in terms of buying electricity and then transmission can buy electricity from all these sectors that the president has mentioned. So the, the, the plan is already, part of the plan is already in motion. So I'm very much uh, hopeful um, and I'm very much confident uh, that the plan is happening. In terms of the mid-term to short-term uh, to long-term solutions, the Minister of, of um, Mineral Resources and Energy, Mr. Gwede Mantashe, 
has been implementing the IRP 2019 since it was reviewed and the president announced that uh, they, they are bringing forward bid window seven. So they are, instead of doing bid window six at, um, at lower at 2,600 megawatts, they are going to do it at 5,100 megawatts. And, and that to me talks to the implementation part. So the implementation is, is taking place um, whether we will see the end of load shedding, uh, you know, when we will see the, long, the end of load shedding, it's, it's still difficult to say, but one could say it will be minimized in the next uh, three to six months. And we could see load shedding uh, ending within a year, going to, uh, to two years. So... <clears throat> You know, fascinating discussion there, you know, with the prof just giving us some insight and unpacking um, some of uh, the president's comments from earlier this week. And I really think it was great getting some insight, uh, you know, from someone who, you know, was involved in some way um, in terms of putting the proposal together, but also uh, how he highlights, um, you know, what the plan is, maybe one or two, um, you know, of its shortcomings. But uh, one of the big things that he does say, you know, especially at the end is to say that this is the first time that South Africa has had uh, such an intervention so there's still a lot of unknowns but that said there are things that are already working um, you know the breakup of ESCOM the fact that um, you know we have some of those things already in place um, you know is a sign that at least uh, things are heading in you know what looks to be um, you know a good direction and then also at the same time just uh, highlighting some of the uh, business and economic opportunities that do come, uh, you know, with something like this, because there will be um, opportunities that do come. How do we, how do people actually get involved, um, you know, for those that want to maybe start businesses or some type of consulting services or something um, around the opportunities that do come um, with this. And then finally, just also giving us some um, insight into how long we're likely going to see, um, you know, how long it's likely going to take, rather, uh, some of these to some of these things to actually come online. Uh, that's something that we're going to be waiting to see, and then at the same time, waiting to see how the different pieces actually come together. So that's been it. Uh, we were talking to Professor Samson Nimampueli, uh, who is the director for the Center for Renewable and Sustainable Energy Studies. Prof, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for for giving me the opportunity. This is Mudiwa's Take. Great insight coming out uh, from Prof. Really great to be hearing from someone who uh, is actually who was actually involved in the planning and who is actually involved when it comes to implementing uh, certain aspects of this new um, energy plan that's been uh, presented by the government. Going forward, execution will definitely be key. You know, I'm not an energy expert, but certainly um, if history is anything to go by, then as we said, history um, history has taught us quite a bit about how execution tends to be where the wheels fall off uh, so the execution hopefully uh, this time around will be uh, something that is exemplary and something that actually goes off um, without too many hitches because this is one of those things that is um, affecting you know so many people's lives um, on a daily basis yes there's a lot of economic opportunity that's going to come out of something like this uh, but you know the most important thing is to just make sure 
that we have that reliable energy supply and that uh, you know people do have um, do know that they 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 are guaranteed um, of that power because that feeds into um, the investment case for the country and then the second piece one of the big debates that is going on right now um, is around uh, things like the basic income grant and also for how government funds um, a lot of um, its activities. And I'm really keen to see how government is going to use this new pot of money because there will be, as we said, a lot of economic opportunity that comes from this market liberalization, little economies, ecosystems that are going to be um, either expanded or created uh, because of this move. How does government make sure that they use some of those uh, new funds uh, to actually maybe earmark? Uh, for example, if you are serious about a basic income grant um, one could look at uh, whatever new money is going to be flowing to um, the national fiscus um, around uh, energy and maybe earmark this particular money to be feeding into some of those things as opposed to turning to uh, the debt markets as we saw um, during the COVID-19 pandemic you know those are way different ways in which you can be thinking about this that you know whilst you're attacking energy on the one side you know how do you make sure that uh, the new money that does get generated on a national level uh, actually feeds into uh, whatever the national policy agenda items um, you know going forward yeah uh, you know we're not policy experts but you know we do see and feel the impacts um, of all of these different programs and one just hopes um, that whatever happens ends up being as equitable as possible And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.